You've arrived at the Talent Destination, a podcast dedicated to the art of building a company your team will love. If you hang around and listen, you'll experience what it's like to work at Refine Labs and learn effective strategies to create the conditions for people to do the best work of their lives. Now to this episode. Hello, everyone. You've arrived at the Talent Destination, a podcast dedicated to the art of building a company your team will love. I am your co-host, Jessica Williams. I'm the Senior Vice President of People. Megan is in Italy enjoying our unlimited PTO, so we wish her well. She sent us photos earlier, and she looks so happy. We're just a little bit jealous. But today, I am here with my fearless co-host, my ride-or-die, my AKA right-hand person, Jordan, who also, this is her first, no, this is not her first time. This is her second time being here. Um, She's the first person to be on the podcast twice. So I think that's an honor. I don't know if you're going to get an award, Jordan, but I just wanted to point that out, but I will let Jordan introduce herself. Yes. Well, hello. Um, Since you last saw me, I have been recently promoted to senior people business partner. (laughs) Back again with my fearless leader, Jessica Williams. And today we're going to talk about employee engagement. But before we talk about the employee engagement survey, what even is employee engagement? That seems like a very lofty phrase, but how would you Mm -hmm. kind of break it down for us, Jessica? It is. And I think it's so lofty because a lot of people get it wrong. So when I think employee engagement, I truly think, how are you making sure your employees want to come to work? And this is a new phenomenon. Let's be clear. Back in the day, they didn't care if you wanted to come to work, just show up, do your job. And when I think of that, I think of like my dad's mentality. You know, he worked at the same company for 30 years. They did not care if he was happy, if he was well about his mentor physical health. It was you show up, you do the job. So when we think about employee engagement, it really is a new phenomenon. Like that is just not how the older generations thought about it. In fact, the thought that we want to be happy now at work to my dad is laughable. You know, I've talked to him about it and he's like, why does this even matter? <laughs> you know, right. so I think to even think about it in that those terms that this is new, this has not always been this way. But when you think about it, don't you want to be happy? Don't you want to go to your job and you spend what one third of your life at your job? Don't you want to be happy there? And I don't think it's, quote unquote, the job of HR to make you happy. Only you can make you happy. But I do think it should be a priority. Right. I totally agree with that. But it's like, how do you even measure happiness? You know, how do you how can you measure it? Because it's so multidimensional and there's lots of different methods out there. But one that we use at Refine Labs Mm -hmm. are engagement surveys, in addition to pulse surveys and others. But why is the engagement survey like why is that effective? I think it's effective for us in a lot of different ways. So until I came to Refine Labs, I've actually not worked for a company that the engagement survey was not anonymous. So in most companies, Mm. how it normally works is the engagement is anonymous. And it's a great way to talk trash about people because it's anonymous. (laughs) And you can say whatever you truly feel and bash people. Well, um, when I came here, that's the first thing Megan said. She did not describe, like subscribe to that. So if you had something to say about someone, about a process, about a procedure, you're going to sign your name next to it. And at first, I'm not going to lie. I was like, whoa, like, how do you know people aren't going to tell the truth? And then I saw the feedback and people really do say exactly what they want to say. And they're signing their name, which to me shows that we have a psychologically safe environment that you could tell the truth and there's not going to be retaliation. No one's going to come for you. In fact, I would probably be the one following up to ask you, like, well, what could we do to make it better? 
So a lot of times it's an anonymous survey. For us, that is not the case, but I do think it's twofold. So you need to have employee engagement surveys. A lot of companies do them every year. I don't think that's effective. It needs to be quarterly to get more information, but it should not just be a quarterly. So we do pull surveys. So every week, some people are answering questions. You also have to think about just one-on-one conversations. Like surveys are one thing. Conversations with your leader are a completely different thing. So just thinking you can just throw out a survey and like, oh, I know my employees are happy. You knew they were happy on December 1st, 2021, Mm -hmm. but do you know that they're happy right now if you're only doing it once Mm -hmm. a year? This is the first place that I've worked where one, we do quarterly reviews or excuse me, quarterly performance reviews. That's new because yeah. um, typically it's the first 90 days and then annually. But also I'm coming also from companies where we, we do the employee engagement survey only annually. Yes. And just with the nature of us, a startup, the company is always changing. So I love yeah. that. I feel like my as an employee who you know works in people ops, but also gets to take the survey. I feel like my voice is heard. Yes. It has to be continuous. That is the thing. It has to be continuous feedback. So at all times we are gathering data on, are you in the right position? Because happiness also comes from you being in the right role. So a lot of times I don't think that there are bad employees. I think that there are bad fits for the job or for the organization. I have been a bad employee before. I know y'all can't believe that, but it's true. (laughs) And I was a bad employee because I was not in the right role. And so that would have been reflected in my employee engagement and that I wasn't engaged because I didn't feel like I was supported. Now I'm in a much better position and a role that I like. I like working for Megan. So my engagement is different. So this whole terminology about there being bad employees, no, just stop it. They are not in the right spot at the organization or they are just not at the right company. Right, right. And now that you mentioned that, what types of information, in addition to trying to assess, is this employee in the right role? Are they in the right department? What other types of information are we trying to gather from the surveys? Yes. So a lot of times you can get information on management from the surveys. So we recently did a 360 Mm. review where we got a lot of good feedback, but it should also be said that if everyone on a team is not engaged or they give feedback on a manager, you should be checking with that manager. So (laughs) let me be very clear. Like I have seen management be quote unquote in trouble when they see the employee engagement survey, because they know you're not managing effectively and it reflected in the way that your people spoke about you. So that's one way, like you can get information on management. So it's not just employees. And then the culture, is the culture giving what you think it's giving? I've seen on TikTok Mm -hmm. where they say, it's not the flex you think it is. So you're offering all these free things. (laughs) It's not the flex that you think it is. They're actually not, you're not actually helping your employees. They don't feel engaged because you gave them free coffee. They actually want to take time off and not be ashamed about it. So what are you actually measuring? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny that you mentioned the free coffee. I feel like... Again, I've been in environments where it's like the employee engagement is a pizza party. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, you know, like there, there's more levers that, yes. that can be pulled, you know, whether that's like, you know, I want a clear vision for my career mm-hmm. growth or I want more transparency from leadership and things like that. And that's one thing that I've really appreciated about our employee engagement surveys is that they measure so many different yes. aspects of what it means to work at a specific company and at Refine Labs in particular. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be a quick turnaround. So that's another thing. Do not give people a survey. And then it's months before they hear what the survey actually said and a year before they see any action. What's the point? Then people feel like they shouldn't give their input because it wasn't worth their time. 
So that's when you get a lot of people that don't actually fill out the survey. And don't be mistaken, when people don't fill out the survey, they are also telling you something. Mm. What could that be an indicator of? I think it's an indicator of one, maybe they don't trust the process. So, you know, we are big about, you know, put your name on it. It's going to stay between the people, the people team and our leadership team. So specifically like a Megan or Chris would see the raw data, but some people don't trust that their manager isn't going to see exactly what they said in some organizations. So if they refuse to fill it out, they're showing you that I don't actually trust what you're saying. So that's one indicator. Two, it, it really truly could be they're just too busy. That actually happened to us this last time. I had people send me messages afterwards and say, actually, I wanted to fill it out. I got too busy with client stuff and I just didn't do it. So it could truly be simple in that they don't have enough time, but that's also telling you something. If they don't have time to fill out a 15 minute survey, you need to be thinking about workload. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to ask, like, you know, in terms of what the ideal time frame that it should take to the survey. And granted, every there's going to be, you know, plus or minus on either end, but what is the ideal length of survey questions? Is it more about length or the quality of the questions? Like yeah. if someone is trying to design one of these for themselves, like what are some do's and don'ts? Yeah. So you don't want to overdo it with the questions. So I, the questions need to be getting to a certain thing. So are you really trying to look at the culture? Are you trying to get information on management? Are you trying to get information on career pathing? So what exactly are you looking for? And then it can totally be 10 questions. Like the amount of questions, I would say don't overload people and don't have there be too many free form questions because people will not answer them. They're going to give you one or two sentences. So the questions where you need the most information need to be strategically placed. They need to normally be at the beginning. And besides that, you need to give people choices because people want to just click through and tell you how they feel. And then also at the end, make sure that you give people space to say whatever they want to say about whatever they want to say it about, because that's where you're going to get people that if they trust you, that will tell you a lot of information that maybe you didn't even think to ask. Maybe you didn't know it was a problem or it could be a problem specific to one team because you have to think about people's experience at a job is dependent on their team, their manager, and then the overall company experience. So a lot of times we think like, oh, as a company, we're doing all these amazing things. But if that's not trickling down to the team, that's where it's going to show up. So the length of questions, I'd say don't go over 20. Even 20, I think, is too much depending on what you're saying. And then don't have too many free form questions because people will just simply not answer them. They'll feel overwhelmed. I want to ask you more details about how the information, you know, once we have responses, where it goes. But before I get too ahead of myself, what are best practices when it comes to preparing the team, you know, for the survey? From, you know, communication standpoint down to how we do we communicate the questions ahead of time? You know, how what, what advice would you give on that front? Over communicate, like tell them every step of the process, because what's going to happen is people are going to say, oh, I didn't know. Or like, I thought you said it was this day. So over communicate. So whatever mechanisms you have for communication, whether that's Slack, email, Loom videos, go knock on somebody's door. If you're in a physical office, if so, you know, be blessed. We don't have that over here, but (laughs) if you're in a physical office and you want to pass out papers, then do that. Whatever you need to do to make sure you over communicate, what's the time frame, And then what are the questions? I think it's really important to give people time to really think. So we give the questions out. It should not be a secret. It's not like a, I got you. Like, no, the questions here, they are. We actually have employees help us develop the questions. So they're a part of the process throughout the whole thing. But it also, you have to have leadership push the process. So leadership outside of the people team, let's be clear, the people team is doing one thing, 
But the leaders need to also be pushing employees to take the survey, not in a threatening way. Let me say this. I once had a manager that sent out a message and said, you better take the survey. And it was in a very threatening tone. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm saying encouraging people to take the survey (laughs) and not threatening them, you know, with anything or telling them what to say is also not acceptable. So telling them, hey, make sure that it's a positive review. I've seen reviews be tied to management bonuses. And so then they felt the need to pressure their employees to say certain things because it impacted their bonuses. So if bonuses are impacted, one, I think you need to stop that. Like that's just not a good practice. You're encouraging people to lie so that someone can get money. And so you're not really encouraging people to tell the truth, but leadership needs to be pushing the process as well, not just the people team. Right, right. That's good. And then in terms of executing on the survey, once we have the results, Mm -hmm. what are best practices when it comes to sharing those with the team? Because can you can you be honest with us? You know, (laughs) we get survey results, you know, and they aren't necessarily what you would expect, you know, as a people leader. How does that feel and kind of what's your thought process around the transparency? Mm hmm. I can definitely say it stings a little bit. I've definitely, I have read some surveys where I'm like, whoa, like I thought we were doing this and I thought this person felt this way. And they were like, no, that actually was not what I wanted. You missed the mark or you didn't inform me when I thought I should have been informed. So I can't lie and say like, as a human, it does sting a little bit. But one of the lessons that we recently learned at Refine Labs was the quick turnaround. So we really want to do the survey one week and the next week we present the data. I'm going to say that actually was probably a misstep. So we should have taken longer because what has happened is like the turnaround is so quick that I don't have the time to do a root cause analysis and to understand why the feedback is what we're getting. I'm just basically regurgitating it to the team and saying like, hey, here's your feedback and here's what we plan to do. But I haven't truly given it much thought because I didn't have but three business days or, you know, three or four business days. So I think if I'm being honest, that's a misstep that we're going to correct the next time we do these engagement surveys, we're going to have more time. But the one week turnaround was something that in the beginning, I actually thought was good. Like, oh, within a week, you're knowing what's happening. But in a week, you're really getting service level results because I'm not Mm -hmm. able to go deeper. So that is a misstep. So I want to just acknowledge that like, that's something we've been doing since I got to Refine Labs that is a misstep and we're going to change it. So take more time to actually give data and feedback that can truly have an impact and not just like, oh, you guys want more benefits or better benefits. Okay, we're going to work on that. Okay, like that. I could have told you that before you took the survey. So that is a big one that I think we could have done differently. And I just want to acknowledge that. But yeah, it does sting. Like sometimes my feelings are hurt and it's okay. I like, I don't say anything, but it's, you know. (laughs) No, I totally, I totally hear that. And thank you for your candor around, you know, like, oh, this is what, something that hasn't worked for us organizationally. Or we could be more impactful if we do extend the time that it takes to turn around. But at the same time, I think the takeaway that I hear you saying is like, don't wait three months to give these survey results. You know, like it does need to be quick, you know, and like fresh. So that totally makes sense. And I think to your point about taking more time to really look at the feedback and create those actionable results. I think that can only serve to reinforce Mm -hmm. that feedback cycle because I think I know I feel heard when I'm like, okay, my leader hears me and they're doing something about it. And in a way that feels thoughtful versus like rushed, you know, and I think already at a startup, so many things are so fast. So I think this is one area that we really want to be very mindful and intentional about. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And we overcorrected. So we basically were of the mindset of, oh my God, we don't want to take too long. So we're going to be quick. And we lost some things in that. And so now just thinking through what's a realistic time frame that's best for the team, but also not taking too long. So instead of taking three months, we said five days, we got y'all. <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't work that way. So right. that's a lesson learned. It's a true lesson learned. For sure. For sure. I think one of the things that stood out to me about our survey that I haven't seen in any other company is one of the final questions is an invitation to talk to leadership. I mean, that's a very bold ask because I'm sure lots of people were like, yes, Mm -hmm. I do want to talk to leadership. So what was the intention behind that question? So this was a new one. So this wasn't always on there. This was one that we put in in the last employee engagement survey. And if I'm being honest, it was because of our reorg. So we went through, we lost some people and there were a lot of people that gave us feedback that they felt like they couldn't speak to leadership candidly anymore. So we decided Mm -hmm. besides having like office hours and open invitations that we were going to make it a part of the survey to say, do you want to speak to someone in leadership and who do you want to speak to? And a lot of people said, yes, I spoke to several people that wanted to talk about like career mapping and that process. A lot of people actually want to talk to Chris, which was our CEO. And so before we sent it out, I basically had a conversation with him like, whoever says yes and wants to speak to you, we are going to make time. And we did. So every single person that wanted to talk to him got on his calendar within probably about three weeks outside of the engagement survey. And it was very impactful because I don't even think people believed us when we put it on the survey. When I followed up with them, they were like, oh, I'm really going to get to talk to Chris. And I'm like, yes, you are. You said you wanted to speak to him and we're going to make it happen. So it was also to create a, a bond of if you have something you want to say, we want to hear you knowing that like our CEO is very busy, but he's going to make time because you said you wanted to speak to him. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think that was super powerful. And I hope that, you know, that's a question that we, you know, retain quarter over quarter. So back to one of the earlier questions I had, like what happens to the information? Like Mm -hmm. what is the process of getting all the information, analyzing it? Like what happens? Yeah. So normally that's me. I'm going to say in the heat of the night, um, whenever the engagement (laughs) survey closes that night, I'm normally in my office. So the wee hours of the night, like looking at data and it truly, it's because of that quick turnaround. So normally if I'm trying to get the data to the team within a week, within 48 hours, I need to get the data to Chris and Megan so they can look at it and we can analyze and go through it from there. So the first step is me sitting down with all the data and trying to go through and figure out trends. So is there something that people are saying trend worthy? So for example, for us, one of the things that comes up in every single survey is our level of transparency. People love that they know what's going on. They feel like we are super open, but then on the flip side, so that's a good thing, transparency. The flip side is the rate of change. People are tired. (laughs) Um, And when you think of early stage startup company, like we are changing every other week. It's a now like an inside joke of I'm going to tell you something, but just be aware it might change. And it's a level of that being a little bit funny, but also it's a level of people finding that to be a level of insecurity or like when it comes to their job and security. So that's something that came up and it has continued to come up that we are working on. And it's like how to make people feel secure, but also give them information that they want. So that's a type of data that I'm looking for to look for trends. And then from trends, I'm then looking at what's the next step. So what can we do? So if you say that you love transparency, let's reinforce that. What is the leadership team doing? Are we going to have a newsletter? What are we going to do to reinforce that? And then the things that need to be better, rate of change. Okay, well, how about we lean into change management? Like, what can we do to solve this problem? But like I said before, 
I still think that's very surface level. There's a deeper analysis on why these things are happening. And that's something I actually did for the executive team after this last survey. But that was something I'd never done before. But it was because I realized this one week was not enough time for me to do what I needed to do. So I did it anyway, but didn't roll it out to the entire organization, which is what I want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Thank you for illuminating you know, some of that process. So now we have, you know, an idea of, you know, the process to how we, you know, get the survey off the ground, how we communicate and over communicate to where that information goes. So I'm curious as to your response, like what is at stake if we don't do it right? (laughs) You know, like if we don't roll out the employee engagement survey, like what if we just didn't do a survey? What if we just had poll surveys or what if we just relied on feedback that's given during the quarterly performance review process? Like Mm -hmm. what happens? I truly think the culture is at stake because you need a continuous feedback loop between leadership and management. Mind you, you want that feedback loop to be in person. Like the ideal situation is that you wouldn't need this because people would feel free to come to leadership at any time. They would feel free to speak up in meetings, but that is not the real world. Like that is not how most people experience the workplace. And there also are people that in a new job, you're coming from a place of workplace trauma sometimes of you've been told not to speak up. You've been told not to trust management. So then when you come here and we're like, everything is great and let's hold hands and we love each other. You know, people don't trust that. So you need some type of mechanism for people to be able to speak up and speak freely and not have to say it to someone face to face if they do not want to. So if you don't do it, your culture will suffer. And second of all, Where are you going to get data besides exit interviews? And by the time you do exit interviews, it is too late. So this should be a part of a retention strategy. So you're doing poll surveys. You should be doing stay surveys where you're asking people why they're staying and employee engagement. So you should be doing all three of those as a form of retention before it's too late. And you're only getting information on what you could do better when people have decided they've had enough and they want to leave. I love that. I mean, it just sounds like it's a really accessible and proactive thing that we can do in order to really protect our culture, which I yeah. think is one of our most important assets at Refine Labs. In an earlier Talent Destination episode, I remember Megan talking about, you know, in order to create a talent destination, mm-hmm. you know, a culture that people love and a place they love to work. It's about hearing their experiences and any opportunity to do that, you know, is one that is a worthy pursuit, I think. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And I have to acknowledge, wait, I have to acknowledge that I am, this is going to surprise everyone, but I'm not above being petty. So I have to tell you guys about one of the times that I myself got petty in an employee engagement survey. Yeah, this was early in my career. (laughs) It was very early in my career, but I had decided that I felt like I was being mistreated by a certain individual. So me being me, I document everything. So I had a document where every time this person would say something to me or do something to me that I felt was out of hand, I was documenting it. So when the employee engagement survey rolled around, I just copied and pasted this whole document into the employee engagement survey and said, this is how this person has been treating me. And because I was in HR, I knew that the employee engagement survey data went to the head of HR. So it was a way for me to speak to her without having to go through this person that was also in HR. And yeah, I copied and pasted the whole document and put it in the survey and that led to some action. So I I will say that. Some action. I love it. I love it. It's an effective way to communicate 
those friction points, like you said, if there's, you know, history that, you know, you may not feel comfortable mm-hmm. saying directly to your manager, yes. directly to, you know, a head of HR or something like that, then employee engagement survey is a great way. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, what if you didn't have that feedback loop? Yes. You know, I feel like those kinds of situations are known to drive employees out of yes. organizations. Yeah. And the only reason, another thing to think about is when you're thinking about retention, we all, we've all heard the saying that people don't leave man like leave companies, they leave management. So there's something to be said there, mm-hmm. but there's also reasons why people stay. So you have to think about that. Like people normally stay if they have a friend at an employer. So I've seen employee engagement surveys that ask people, do you have a friend here? Cause that was a great indicator on if people were going to stay. If you had a friend there, I have personally worked at a job two years more than I wanted to because I had a friend that I brought there. I referred her there and then I felt bad and I didn't want to leave her. So that's also when you're thinking about questions, think of indicators that are going to show you that people are going to stay. And that's a great question on, do you have a friend here? And such a simple one too, but you know, that connectivity piece is so important, especially when you're trying to measure happiness, like you mentioned before, and um, well-being and just engagement with with the company for sure. And it's hard to be engaged if you feel isolated. Yes. Exactly. And another good one that we ask is, do you see yourself here in two years? Because we, as we know, the rate of change is real, especially in a startup. So if you ask employees, do you see yourself here in two years? And they say no, that doesn't mean they're about to leave right now, but it definitely means that they're thinking about their future. Maybe they don't see a path forward. Mm, mm. And just thinking about our overall goals of, mm-hmm. you know, driving business success. I think that retention piece is huge. And like, mm-hmm. we hire the best, yeah. you know, in order to retain that talent, it's like thinking about one of our core values is growth mindset mm-hmm. and having that continuous improvement. It's not enough to just hire the talent and be like, you're here now. So yeah. enjoy, wow. you know, it's about kind of like <laughs> your body. Uh, curating this this really great experience. And, you know, part of that is designing survey questions in a mindful way to really capture the metrics that we want to capture. Yeah. So the questions are really, really important. I highly encourage if you're thinking about starting to do an employee engagement survey is to survey your team and ask them, like, have a group that you can lean on. I've referred to them, quote unquote, as influencers in a previous podcast, but there are people that you can lean on to ask them like, okay, what questions, or you could come up with questions and then run them by the team. You want the team to feel a part of the process. So I I highly encourage you to do it that way. Hmm. As we come to a close, Jessica, what are some hot tips that you can Mm. share with our listeners? Definitely hot tip is share the questions. So don't make people feel like they have to wait, like share the questions specifically with leadership because they are going to get the questions from employees if they don't understand what the question is asking. Make sure your questions are inclusive. A lot of times we write questions on like, and they're very vague, like, are you happy here? Do you like it here? What is happiness? What is liking your manager? So you need to be very specific on your questions and what are you asking somebody I think it's very important to make sure that stuff is confidential. So if you tell people that for us, we say only you and I are going to see the data, then that needs to be what it is. Don't allow people to see information that they should not have access to see, even if they are in leadership. And then the leadership team, they need to be bought into the process and what's going to happen next. So one of the things that I do when the employee engagement survey is done is I present at the leadership meeting on like, this is what people said. This is what we're going to do about it. And we have a whole meeting just about employee engagement. So making sure that leadership is bought in is very, very important. So if you're a CEO or in the C-suite and you're listening to this, that needs to be where you come in. Like you need to be bought in. You need to be talking to your team and not in a threatening way, in a very like, 
I want this information so we can continue to grow, not I want this information to use it against you. Because I've seen employee engagement data be used against employees and it always backfires. Wow. We can't get off of this podcast without asking you a question, Jordan. Yes. So you obviously you have taken over the employee engagement data process in all of the surveys, and you have done an amazing job project managing this. But what are your thoughts on employee engagement? And when I first asked you to take over this project, like what was your first thought? Oh Lord. So much. It's so much information. And well, one, I love data. I love taking Mm -hmm. information and making decisions based on the data. I think that's a very important part of, you know, what we do on the people team is just gathering Mm -hmm. that qualitative data to make processes better and to make our employees have a more robust experience. But um, it's also a privilege to be able to have insight into as I mentioned before, those friction points and also what's working well, because I think as we are, you know, we come to our team meetings and we're trying to design employee engagement initiatives. It's a really big asset for me as people business partner to have that information, you know, top of mind and be like, you know what? I saw that like people from this department, this was a common pain point. Maybe we should roll out this type of initiative, or maybe we should have this wellness resource because this seems to be something, a theme that's coming up. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's such a privilege to have access to that data in order to drive better decision-making. Perfect. No, I I second everything that you've said. And I think my final words on this would be, this should be a part of the retention strategy. So it should not just be, I've seen retention strategies and I'm putting that in quotes where it's just throw more money at people. Now we all know people like money. Okay. People are motivated by money. But people are also motivated by feeling heard and feeling seen. And so the only way to get that data is to have a retention process. And so this is one part of the retention process before it's too late. So I think that is the most important part. And if you are doing an employee engagement survey, I highly encourage you not to do it once a year because that's one moment in time. And then you won't be able to really utilize that data any further because you might have new people, things have changed and moods have changed. So if you're not going to do it every quarter, at least twice a year is the minimum I would recommend. So this has been a super fun episode. I'm sure Jordan will be back. She is mentioned in every um, podcast episode. So maybe that's like the new drinking game is drink when you hear Jordan. And also yes. that is food mocktails because I don't drink. <laughs> yeah, like, even if that's what mocktails are watered, we just want to say that. But yes. we have really enjoyed this. And thank you so much, Jordan, for being here today. And just a reminder, as we always say, don't just build a company, create a talent destination. Thank you, guys. Side effects of listening to this podcast include, but are not limited to, increased employee engagement, retention of high potential employees, and becoming a badass in the people, talent, or operations space. If you're looking for a new role, Refine Labs would love to hear from you. Go to refinelabs.com careers for more insight into amazing opportunities at our fully distributed workforce.